Today in the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We'll talk about what can be done to fix Kenny Pickett if something can be done. We do that with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com, breaking down all the parts of Kenny Pickett now that we've seen the film. And then, of course, because we've seen the film, it stars and skulls grades time for the Steelers' Week 11 performance against the Cleveland Browns. Again, it's the Locked On Steelers podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers. Your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. As I said before, we're joined by my man. Alan Saunders. He's back here from SteelersNow.com. You know him, you love him. He's always in your hearts and on your screens because we have him here. And then, of course, they do the afternoon drive podcast that you got to check out because they're doing a kick butt job over there. Alan, I talked a lot about what I saw wrong with Kenny Pickett. And I told people when we saw the All 22, it was not going to be kind. And Lottie, it was not. And it looked even worse here. And if you want to see something, go to my Twitter account. Go see the plays I've posted. And and, I, I, and there's just some of them. It's just some of them. But there's so many plays. Everyone keeps saying there's no open wide receivers. The receivers are running lazy routes. The coordinator's not calling anything to get anybody open. And I'm like, well, this guy's open here. That guy's open there. That guy's open there. So, so clearly what you're saying ain't what's actually happening here. What is the biggest problem that you see getting in the way of Kenny Pickett? Is it simply just himself and he needs to get his head out of his own butt or is there something that everyone's missing here about why he cannot see the field well you know it's funny because i left the game in cleveland feeling like that was the worst game that matt canada called of the season i really did i felt like they did not do a very good job of doing what they were doing well consistently um like There were 38 dropbacks in that game when they were averaging how many yards per carry. Uh, I didn't think they ran the ball well enough. Er, Like early Jalen Warren didn't get a touch in the whole first quarter. Like there was, there was all this stuff that they were, they were obviously not connecting with Deontay Johnson. Then the last three plays of the game are all to Deontay Johnson. Like like, I thought Matt Canada really struggled to get what, what the Steelers were able to do against that Browns defense. Well, into action but man like when you look at the tape there's so much that like was there that they just didn't take and there's so much that was there that they try like i don't even know what part of it is more frustrating to be perfectly honest because like yeah like oh, listen i'm sure if i went back and picked through the tape of every quarterback in the league there's guys that they don't catch running a free down the field like it happens to everybody but they but but the difference is those guys are also making the other play that they're looking at. Exactly. Like, like if, if I look, if I don't see the guy on the 15 yard cross, but I hit the out for five, it's like, oh, well, okay, you know, whatever. We'll take the five and we'll move on. We'll try to hit it next time. It was like the, it was like the Steelers weren't hitting the big play, weren't seeing the big play. 
And then they couldn't even connect on easy routes. Like, like look at the last drive of the game. Like, Pickett has the, the, the Pickett, Johnson and, and Pickens together on like twin out. One's like five yards and one's like maybe 10 or 12. I don't know. They're both very open. The timing is off with Deontay. You know, the ball's there before Deontay's ready for it. Can't bring it in. You know, he's got Deontay on that out. Ball's a little high. You know, like, I, I don't know. It just, it's like, I, I, those should be easy throws. Like, the, like this is not, and, and again, like, I think Kenny's generally a pretty accurate quarterback. I don't think that he is, is throwing the ball as well as he's capable of throwing the ball. I think like they've generally had pretty good timing on the sideline stuff. I mean, everybody tweets the, you, you tweet the, the graphic, right? Oh my God. Why do they never throw the middle of the field? Yeah. Well, the thing that they generally do pretty well is hit the stuff to the outsides. Like, and they didn't do that in this game. And so I think what you saw there was, you know, a, a, a passing offense that has been struggling and playing against a good defense and really, fell apart under its own weight. It just they they could not even do the simple things right by the end of that game. And some of that is that the Browns do have a good defense, but man, I mean so much of it is Kenny Pickett, the receivers. You know, I I try not to talk too much about covering Kenny in college because I feel like nobody cares if I'm perfectly honest. I'm like, <laughs> One of the biggest differences in Kenny Pickett from before 2021 until 2021 is that you could tell things were very different that year when it came to his level of connection with the receivers. They had better receivers. Uh, it was, you know, Jordan Addison was there for a second year and and they had, uh, you know, they, they had, they had good receivers, but like, it was a different level of connection from the very first snap of the season. I gave a lot of that credit to, to like Brendan Marion, who was the receivers coach that year, who mm -hmm, came mm -hmm. different things. And I just felt like he was a confident quarterback in terms of my guy is going to be there. Like this is where he's going to be. I can throw the ball. It just feels like every time he throws the ball to a receiver's back, it's incomplete. When he waits for the receiver to get open and show him his hands, he gets sacked and he's not feeling the pressure very well. Like there's, you know, backward spins to the left are still in there that were in there in college. He still hasn't figured out. Like, there's just so much wrong. And, you know, on on one hand, it's obviously very bad, right? Like, this is not what you want. Uh, I, I don't think we're seeing growth in his second year. I'm not sure I'm seeing regression, but I'm certainly not seeing growth from Kenny Pickett in his second year. Uh, on the other hand, most of this stuff is fixable, and some of it should be easy fixes. Like now yeah. it's come down to the coaching staff it's and, and I don't know that I have a ton of faith in them again, go back to the big, you know, the chicken or the egg question here. Uh, but I, you know, I, I think a lot of it is just mental and like that. I don't, I don't have a word for it, but that sort of intangible feeling of connection that you have with someone where you know where they're going to be. They know what you're going to do. You know what they're going to do. And you're able to, produced together that the Steelers just do not have right now. And I'm not sure why. Uh, that's, that's where I'm at, man, is that the, these are basic connections that need to be happening. Like just simple things that 
most that any offense can, can normally generate. I mean, these are things that Devin Hodges were able to, were able to do at times it, it, with the, with the connections. And that's what's so baffling. And again, it's not like Kenny Pickett hasn't done it before. We saw it. We saw it last year in his rookie season. We saw the first few games. He did it. But he's definitely done it. Like he's capable of it. I, it has never happened consistently with him. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And that's where I'm, I look at it. And you're right. We could look at every quarterback that exists out there and find one or two plays where it's like, oh, you know, they could have they could have seen this and they just didn't see this in time. And that's fine. And, and that's what a lot of people push back when I post my when I post the, the plays that I put out there on Twitter. But then I'm like, the problem is it's not one or two plays. It's like 10 to 15 to 20 in a lot of games. And when the when when there's 10 to 15 to 20 plays left out there by the passing game, that's half that's more than half the game. That's 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 and that's more than enough opportunities to make to make the difference in a game. And if you're not doing that, that means schematically the offense was prepared to to give you openings against this defense and you didn't take them. And at some point, those things have to be made. Those things have to be done. If they're not, then again, and you and I talked about this weeks ago when the Steelers offense started to execute a few things that were simpler. It allowed Matt Canada to call things a little bit more complex. Not, not, not a majorly way, but just, hey, we could build off something. And I think you're even seeing that in the run game right now. That three straight weeks of 160-plus rushing yards, they're figuring it out. They're putting it together. But the passing game, they, there's nothing consistent to rely upon between Kenny Pickett, uh, between the receivers. And, I, I, again, that's not, I'm, not, I'm actually saying the receivers, they're, they're actually, I think that they're not nearly as, as much fault as some people try to make them out to be. Sure, there's some miscommunication moments, but, like, there's so many times where just pre-snap alignment where the Browns will give a guy a 10-yard cushion and then he'll have a full 10-yard cushion and Kenny Pickett will throw it to a place where he's trying to fit it into a the, the smallest hole possible. Or they'll line up their defense to shade to one side and there'll be five defenders on one side, two on the other, and Kenny Pickett will go to the five defender side. And I'm like, just, just look at the basics here. And take what's there. And that's what's so baffling that he can't do that. Allen, to get out of that, is this a situation where maybe they need to bench him and let him th- like kind of take a step back for a minute? Or is there a way for him to fight through this and find that? I don't really see how benching him helps. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Like it's not like it's not like he's done something wrong. Like it's not like it needs to be punitive, right? Like, you know, you're not like benching him for for his attitude or his behavior. Like, I'm not saying anything like that. Maybe, I guess, the theory could be that watching a game could help. I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know how much I believe that, you know? I, I think mostly he's got to play through it and learn. I will say this, and it's the same thing I was saying before. Here's how you can fix Kenny Pickett. Run the dang ball. Yeah, that, that is, that is a, I agree with that. Thing, and we, it is obvious to you and me, Chris, who are not coaches, who are not on this coaching team, not experts, if you turn on that all 22 and you watch the first seven passing plays of the game and you're like, oh man, this could be a tough day. Then why does Jalen Warren end up with nine carries? That's Run a good question. Ball. Like, yeah, I, I don't, you know, like again, <laughs> here I go again. Like I'm going to talk about Kenny's college career. 2018 had a lot of expectations. Big freshman year. Everybody thought it was going to be real good. Turned out to be not real good. Didn't really 
fit in that offense. Lots of things went wrong. You know how they got the ACC championship game that that year? They ran, they ran the ball. They ran the ball every play and just had Kenny hand it off, basically. He had through for eight yards in the ACC championship game, notoriously. All they did was run. Now, look, I'm not saying you got to go to that extreme, but clearly the running game is working these last few weeks. And then, again, proved that it was not just some kind of fluke when they did it against one of the very best defenses in the league. Yep. Okay, You're playing Broderick Jones instead of Chooks, who we know is not as good of a run as a pass blocker as he is a run blocker. Okay, we know that. We're playing him anyway because he's a first-round pick and because he's got good energy and helps the run. So run the ball. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just – I feel like – this is the the big picture stuff that I think they've gotten wrong as an offense. There's nothing wrong with the individual plays that were called. There are guys open. There's stuff out there. But I don't think they're maximizing their potential as an offense based on what they're doing well, the play calls and sequence. Like, I think Jalen Warren's off the field too much. Like, you cannot tell me that their best five eligibles do not involve two running backs. You can't. You can't tell me. I agree with that. They never zero snaps. Do you have both of those two on the field at the same time? Why? Like it's it's not like the the split back has never been invented. Like the Dallas well, Cowboys were running that in 1985. They, like they do have it sometimes. Like they, the but they didn't like not none in this game. Like it's you know like no, that's it, not true. Uh, the the jet sweep to Jalen Warren was at oh, least okay. one that I that, that I know that they were on the field. Right. I, I they they use it sometimes, but I agree. It's not enough, and like that is a, that is somewhere you can come at Matt Cannon and say, "Hey, you got to get this done." I agree with you on that se- sentiment, you know. And we get we got to go to a commercial break when we come back. I, I want to keep talking about this because we'll get to the stars and skulls grades. But I agree with you. That's something that needs to be harped on. Is that the 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 those two are not being used enough, and specifically also Jalen Warren. You see how dangerous he is. Get that man the football. We'll talk more about this on the other side of the first break here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Chris Carter and Alan Saunders stick with us. We still have a lot to discuss. But first, we're going to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at GameTime. GameTime.co is the website you got to go to in the app that you can download right on your phone to help you buy tickets for your favorite events that shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They give you killer deals on last-minute tickets and a best price guarantee that can't be beat so you can stop stressing over the tickets and start having getting having, getting hyped for all the fun that you're about to have. Download the GameTime app today and it allows you to book tickets even up to the last minute, even up to an hour after the event has begun. That's GameTime. You can go right on the the app and see all the prices that are available you can even see the view from the seat that you're about to book so you know that you're getting the seat that you really want to see the event that you're going to and this includes exclusive flash deals on anything from Steelers games to Penguins games to pit games to, to movie to, 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 to big theater events downtown or if you're abroad any event most likely guaranteed game time is going to get you in there and the game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less somewhere else game time credits you 110 of the difference snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off your first purchase or go to the website gametime.co don't forget to apply create an, account, create an account and redeem code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed this episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Life is full of twists and turns, and it's important to show up for yourself through all of them. I've faced plenty of times in my life where I've had to shoulder a lot of burdens and found answers because I've had the help of good therapists. Well, 
That's where BetterHelp Online Therapy comes in. BetterHelp Online Therapy will help you assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done online, available to people worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. With therapy, it can take a few tries to find the right fit for you. BetterHelp, on, BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change therapists if needed. And they have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. Again, that's 10% off your first month of BetterHelp Therapy online by going to betterhelp.com slash locked on. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter, Alan Saunders. Uh, we just can we just finished the longest segment ever there. Um, to, you know, going way over time. Ross Ross Jackson's gonna kill me. Um, so let's get to the start the stars and skulls grades. So we get because we will get to the Kenny Pickett part of it. We're gonna start with the skulls. And just a reminder, these are our grading grading rubrics. We use kind of like football decals. You know, stars are for good, skulls are for bad. Uh, those skulls used to be for defensive plays, but here they just mean bad things. One skull, two skull, three skulls. The more skulls you get, the worse you did. The more star, stars you get, the better you did. So let's get into it and let's start with the worst of the worst and that's the, my, my, my two i have two three skull players one of them's dan moore jr the other's kenny pickett dan moore jr got abused in this game by miles garrett it was pretty bad and it wasn't even plays where like miles was doing a whole lot he just like he just wasn't putting his hands on him and i'm like you got to be able to do the basics here and that's where Dan, i thought i thought dan moore jr struggled the most but you know, but I think everyone kind of acknowledges that, like, hey, he's he's one of the weak links on the offensive line, if not the weak link on the offensive line. Uh, but my big thing too is when you look at uh, when you look at Kenny Pickett, he's the other three skull guy here against against the Browns. He didn't commit the big turnover, but the more and more that I looked, Allen, and again, it's not just one place or two plays or three plays or four. There were like legit more than ten plays that the Steelers had drawn up for a big play opportunity and it was on him to make it happen and he just didn't and when you, you have that many opportunities missed and your team only scores 10 points in a game that they lose 13 to 10 that's where I do have to come, come down hard on Ken, on Kenny Pickett for that for his performance yeah I have a tough time with more just because like that dude is that dude and I don't really know that like many would do better um I didn't think they gave him very much help either. Like there was a lot of one-on-one and Moore's done okay. And those, like, that's where I kind of, I don't know, back and forth on this. Cause like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a tough assignment, but he's done well. He's done better in that assignment in the past than he did in this game. And so I think that's kind of where I'm with you. Uh, there wasn't a lot of redeeming done there really from, from either of those guys, you know, I'm not sure Kenny had enough negative, to really give a three skull, but there is just n- almost no positive. Like that's, that's tough. That's a tough, tough, tough grade. I don't, I don't know. Like, cause you can certainly do worse than that for your team, but like, there's just, no, there's nothing good there either. No, that, that that's where I'm at there. And again, we can talk to our, to our blue in the face about Kenny. Pickett. I, I think the bottom line is there's Kenny Pickett needs to just needs to step up and make the plays that are necessary in in certain situations and again these aren't miraculous plays these are just taking what's right in front of you that's schemed up for you for for any quarterback to to win to, to win those things need to happen uh but let's let's keep it rolling here with our skulls grades here 
I have one two skull guy, and that was Isaac Sayamalo. And particularly because when I look back at this game, I didn't notice it live, but man, he was almost as bad as as, as Dan Moore at times, uh, especially when it came to uh to protecting against the pass. He allowed three pressures on his side. Granted, never none of them turned into sacks, but he was allowing guys up the middle. He wasn't communicating. He 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 had a couple plays where I looked he looked strong. He thought he looked strong in the run, but then there were other plays in the run that I thought he was just kind of like meh, not as big of a factor as he should have been. And it continues to be a roller coaster season for me for Isaac Sayomalo because there's I think it was last week I was like he was kicking butt last week. And there's other weeks where he's just been meh, like like the Jaguars game. I thought he was terrible in that in, in that game. Uh, I just I don't get why he has been so up and down when he was brought in to be the guy that could stabilize the left side of the line. Yeah. I don't get it. You know, like I really thought he could help. I, this is the second game against the Browns where he got, he got beat up in the first one too. Yep. You know, like this is, I don't know, maybe it's just a bad matchup. I don't know. The Browns certainly have a really good defensive line. Like, you know, I, I think Mike Tomlin's post game comments were, uh, I don't know how I want to say this. Poorly devised. Let's just go with that. Okay. Uh I, I don't I don't think he was uh uh being honest about the problems at hand, but he's right about how good that Cleveland defense is. Like there's no question that that's true. Um uh, man, I, I don't know. I, I think Sam all could be better. Honestly, I think there could be more people on this list. I think Najee Harris could be on this list. Uh I, I didn't think he was very good. Uh pass protection. That first say uh, the first play of the game should have probably been a safety. Now, should Dan Moore slow down Miles Garrett a little bit more? Yes, but the plat- but the back can't go to the outside guy and leave the inside guy. Like that's like one on one stuff. Um, and then you know, losing five yards on the next to last offensive series of the game kicks him out of field goal range. And that was uh, you know, that they, they, they would have had an opportunity to kick the field goal there, and the big loss there really hurt him. There's, I think there could be even more probably if I if I sat there and parsed it down. But yeah, certainly Sayamalu was was tough. See, I, I see. I actually went back. I was looking at that play. I thought I I thought Najee Harris did take the inside guy. Like that's the thing. It's like he took the free man, and all Dan Moore Jr. had to do was just stay in the way of Miles Garrett. Like he didn't. Like that's that was the problem with that play was Najee Harris went to go get a free man that was that was going to come through and be clean anyways, and he got that guy. The problem was Dan Moore Jr. with the guy right in front of him, just let him walk through it. Like, that, I didn't put that much on Najee Harris. I actually thought he did pretty fine when it came to pass block. I mean, there were several block. In fact, uh, even even PFF, who's, who hates all, all Najee Harris a lot, gave him an 80.2 grade when it came there. And he was actually one of the better – 84.3 when I look at the pass block in here. And he, he was actually one of the better graded stealers by them. And I'm like – I didn't see. I ain't never seen them give give Najee Harris props. I, I thought Najee Harris, like he didn't get the yards that that, that he. But I thought uh, he got the yards that were there on all of his runs because there were so many times that he ran the ball as usual and the Browns either collided. But the few times where he was given space, he got it. We'll get into why Jalen Warren was so much better in a bit because I got I got something special for for, for Jalen Warren. Uh, but there were a couple more guys that got one skull grades, but in particular Darnell Washington. It was so weird because we're going to get into the other tight end in a little bit. But this was the game where I was like, man, Darnell Washington, he could look a lot better against the run, except he didn't, or with the run, and except he didn't. And I was I was very shocked to see him not doing as well 
in the run blocking. And there were some plays that were blown up specifically because he didn't block his man. And I was like, wow, that was shocking. And then I threw in Presley Harvin. I just, I don't know what else needs to be said. In, or yeah, about be, Presley that Harvin. could be a two skull. Just because he, like, he, he was, he was that. I, I thought about giving him a two just, skull. Just because of, of if, if it was a one-off thing, maybe I'd be a little more forgiving, but it's been a cumulative. It's been, it just keeps happening now, right? It keeps happening. Right. And, if it was and, just one and, bad punt. Yeah, okay. But and also like in addition to the 20 was a 25 yarder that set him up with good field goal, a field position early, there were two or three chances to really pin him down deep. Yep. And they didn't I mean they got him to like the 15 or the 10 or somewhere like that, but there wasn't that there wasn't that that make it up punt where you get it out of bounds inside the 5 or something like that, you know. Like there were and there, and there were opportunities for it and it didn't come. And, so and, yeah, I, I think that's it, and it, it triggered it triggered me a little bit because I remember if you go back to the first time they beat the Browns, Presley Harvin played a major role. He had seven punts. Yeah, he had a sixty-one yarder. He had four that were inside the twenty. He was he was booming them. And so that again, that's the inconsistencies of Presley Harvin is is he could be so good and then he could be so bad. I did think the uh, the rush bothered him a little bit. They had a couple newer guys on the punt protect team, so I wonder if that was like maybe he was just rushing things a little bit. Maybe I go with one. Go with one. It could have been two though. Darnell, I agree. I thought he struggled in the run blocking uh, after being so good the last two weeks, and I was really confused by that. Um, interesting. I, I wonder. I, I need to go back, and I didn't really pay that close of attention to this, but I wonder how much of it is heavier boxes against 12 personnel and mm. him getting more difficult assignments in this game than he was those last two. I, I would wonder how, how that would play out if I, if I broke it down. Certainly. I think that's something to, that'd be something to look into that maybe Steelers, Steelers now.com can, can, can work on, but we got to get to the, the star grades because there were actually a lot more stars in this game than people would think for a 13, 10 loss, particularly because the defensive side of the ball in the run game, we're working. We'll get to those stars in a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But first, I want to remind you, this show is also sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America. Get ready for the rest of the NFL season with all the incredible offers given to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 off in new or $150 period in new bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's right. If you bet five bucks on your team to win it, on, on any given game, that's 150 bucks that you that you could be adding in on bonus bets right for your right for the taking. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. You can download it right to your phone, and as soon as you do it, you're betting on spreads, player props, over unders, and so much more. Download go download the face download the FanDuel app or go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. And when you do, that'll let you kick off the rest of your season with an offer you won't want to miss. That's FanDuel, FanDuel Sportsbook, an official partner of the NFL. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter, Alan Saunders. Alan, let's get to the star grades here because I actually had quite a few from this game, especially because of the defense, but and, and some of them in, in the run game as well. So let's start out with it. I actually gave Najee Harris a, a one-star grade because I thought he made a couple really good plays in, in the run game. He, he had a couple really solid runs. He got stuffed on a, on a few others, uh, but uh, and that, was, that was one thing. But I thought that he actually he held up there. I, actually, I also gave Mason Cole a one-star grade. 
He had some miscues in this game, but he also was a big part of Jalen Warren's big touchdown run. He had a few other really solid run blocks, run blocking moments. As I, I gave Pat Fryer with a run, blo- a, a one star grade because he looked good against the uh, in the run game. And that I never thought I'd be saying. I was so confused. I was like, "How is Darnell Washington getting his butt kicked and Pat Fryermuth doing well?" And against the Browns, like this is the game where it should be the opposite. There, that puzzled me. Other one star grades: Shannon Sullivan. I thought he was pretty solid. He was targeted only twice. No receptions allowed. Also had the interception. Ogan Joby uh, was pretty solid up front. Trenton Thompson, Demonte KZ, Miles Killer all deserve at least one star efforts for their work in the secondary. Chris Boswell because he keeps making field goals. And I thought George Pickens. He made a couple grabs, but his run blocking was also key for some of the big Jalen Warren runs in this game. What do you see there from some of these one stars that stick out to you, Alan? Yeah, good call on the guys in the secondary, KZ, Thompson, Shannon Sullivan. Uh, George Pickens gets a star for not being the wide receiver to lose his mind this week. I think I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, you know, pat yourself on the back, George. It wasn't you. You didn't do it, uh, and, and you should feel good about that. That was congratulations. Like you let somebody else take their turn. Nice job. Yeah, I think that's a solid list. Really is surprising in many ways in what was a pretty dud of a game that you had that many guys that I think were above average, but it's true, especially considering the defense. You know, the one touchdown they give up is a 50-yard drive. The other, the, the first field goal they give up is a 17-play drive. Like, yeah. that never happens, you know. And then, yeah, you feel, feel bad about the one at the end if you're the defense, but – Man, you can only hold any team down for so long, and there's a really good defensive performance, and the running game was very good. It's really hard to lose a game when you are getting, you are running the ball well, you are stopping the run, you are stopping the pass, and you're playing decent special teams, but they found a way. They found a they way. Found, and that's what makes this so disappointing. The Steelers won the trenches. They, they like That was the one thing. I'm like, if they do that, they got this. They what they they ran the ball, they stuffed the run. What 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 else did you need to do? Apparently, you needed to throw the ball a little bit. That was all you really needed to do. You needed to hit the wide open man that was walking right in front of you. So those are my one star, my two star grades here. Got a few of them. I gave two stars to TJ Watt. He had four pressures in this game. He was still bring, he was still bringing. He was really helpful against the run. Made some really good plays there. Um, I thought that that was that was a big factor there. He's still he's still kicking butt in this game. Miles Garrett was better in this game. But I thought T.J. Watt was still T.J. Watt for the most part. Broderick Jones could have been better in some pass plays in some pass blocking situations. But when I kept looking back at the run game, he's almost at the key of so many of so many of the big runs. He's either sealing guys. There's some plays where he is reach blocking so far. He's go, he's going like, like one and a half gaps over and getting in front of a guy and just sealing them just enough to give Jalen Warren and Najee Harris their uh, their their lanes. I'm just very impressed by what he does in the run game. That's why I gave him two stars. If he was better than pass blocking, he would have gotten three stars. Patrick Peterson, who also looks really good, and I think he started to find his place in this defense. I gave him two stars, as I did Keanu Benton and Cam Hayward. I thought they were big factors in stuff in the run. Alan, what do you see from these two-star guys? Not sure how much I agree with Broderick Jones. I thought he was tough in pass pro. And like that was really the first time that he kind of looked like a rookie. I felt like um, – and, and – um, you know, I'll I'll say this too, going back a little bit. I think we could have given a skull to Joey Porter Jr. I thought both of those two guys really looked like rookies for the first time. Mm. Uh now I thought Benton had like your I'm sorry, not Benton. Uh, Benton was fine. Uh I thought I thought uh Broderick Jones had the the plus, right? He had the like, oh yeah, like let's let's go on the running game and, and he did really well. Porter gave up a lot of those slants. 
Um, he had a tough time with Amari Cooper. I thought they found they got Peterson onto Cooper a little bit after uh, Porter was struggling early. So, but yeah, I thought Broderick Jones struggled in pass protection. But look, I don't know. That's kind of baked into my expectations for him. He's just not as good of a pass blocker right now. I love his energy in the run game. It just feels like if you're going to play that guy against that team, don't make him pass block so much. <laughs> I, gotta, I don't know. I'm, that's I'm, a, good, I'm, no, that's yeah. a good point there. <laughs> Um, that, that, that's a good point there. Joey Porter targeted six times, allowed four catches for 34 yards. That was kind of why I didn't put him up too harshly because he, he he had a he had a pass breakup in the game. He was called for two penalties. Um, he made he made tackles when he was there. I I I, I had a hard time putting a skull on him because it was like you give if 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 my if any of my corners give up 34 yards of the game, I I ain't mad at you. You you know, and sure there were some of those were key important moments, but I felt like that was. I was I wasn't too taxing about about Joey Porter Jr. in those situations, but that's also why I didn't give him a star because those were moments he could have ris- risen you up. So I gave him a neutral break. This game. So maybe all right, I get kind of kind of give him that. So um, so yeah, but let's get to the three star grades here because we actually have we actually have a few. The first and obvious one is Jalen Warren, and I, I you know we have the bus ticket grade for when someone's utterly terrible. I want to come up with like a sweet ticket, like you get to go to the club. Or something. If you have a game like Jalen Warren did again, how do you go nine carries for a hundred plus yards, helping the way he did in the passing game too? Jalen Warren is building up, building himself up to be one of the more respected. I mean, people look at this and say he's the offense. Like he's he, he's the guy that, that that this offense needs to run through. And as a person who's who's talked a lot about what Najee Harris can do and should be able to do, Jalen Warren's playing better than he's got back to back 100 yard rushing games. First person since James Connors to James Connor to do that, and you can see the explosiveness. I think it's tough to deny getting him on the field more. And I think to your point, you said this earlier. Get them on the field together because when you force a defense to have to be afraid of different directions the run could go, and both of those guys are also physical enough that they'll want to go block for the other one. I, I think that that could be a serious part of your offense, especially as you're trying to simplify and bring things back so Kenny Pickett doesn't have to throw as much. Get them both on the field and get them different ways to get them get the ball. You know, I'm just thinking about what kind of grade I think Jalen Warren would really want after that performance. And I think the best one I can come up with is the ball. The ball. That's, that's, what he, that's the grade that he needs. Give him the ball. More that's more touches. Grade. That's the grade. Give him the ball. Give him the ball. It was uh, a, should, we, that, that's, a, that's a pretty funny one. The, uh, give him the ball. That they should have run him more after the – the 74 yarder and they should have zero touches in the first quarter. Yeah. He wasn't, yeah, you got to get him the ball. You got to get him the ball sooner. And the other thing I don't think they're doing well with these running backs is look, um, they, they're not playing the hot guy. Like it's, it's fine to go into a game with a balanced approach and say, we're going to, we're going to look at both you guys. And we're going to see what both of you have to do. You know, we're going to play you one series, you this series, or you on first down, you on second down, whatever. But it, by the, by the middle of the fourth quarter, if one guy has 14 yards per carry and the other guy is, has two, you got to re- read the you gotta have the guy with 14 on the field. You just have to, I, it, it, mind boggling. For the record, he did get one touch in the first quarter, but it was a, it was a pass that went nowhere. And, yeah. Oh. And, yeah. And it, but, but it's it's one of those things. It's one of those things where the, the the Steelers cannot work screen passes. I don't know. I don't know how else that you can you can do it. It's just teaching it better. But 
it, it's just mind-boggling how bad they are at execute. Like the, like there was one play where Mason Cole, and this was where again where I didn't give Mason Cole too much credit. I thought he made a couple good run blocks, but like there was one play where he snaps the ball and there's a defensive tackle with it in front of him, and he doesn't even touch him. He just lets him walk up to Kenny and swat down the screen pass. If he just shoves him, if he just gives him a second there. That, that gives Kenny the window, the screen pass is completed, and they have three blockers with Jalen Warren in front of them, and that can turn into a big play instead of a play that set up eventual punt in, in, in that game. Um, but, yeah, but to your point, Jalen Warren, give him the ball a, a grade is because he is doing it right now, and he's a three-star player. And, in fact, he's back-to-back weeks of being a three-star player, according to our grades. Other two guys, another back-to-back three-star guys, Landon Roberts, who was on the field – for every single one of the 75 defensive snaps of the Steelers and didn't look tired at the end. I wasn't so sure he could hold up doing that. Man, he held up in a big way in this game. Just such an incredible performance from Landon Roberts. Like, Jeez. Like he was not only did he play every snap and not only – did he play a role that he has not played at all this year in terms of being a three down linebacker in terms of being tasked for significant coverage all the time. He also got uh, the rest of the defense lined up with Trenton Thompson playing in his second NFL game and making his first start. Michael Walker making his first start with the Steelers, Elijah Riley, who barely plays getting snaps, miles Killebrew, who barely plays getting snaps, uh, James Pierre, who barely plays getting snaps. It was like the practice squad and a Landon Roberts and DeMonte KZ in the back of that defense. And you know what? They played pretty darn well. And they we did. gave a lot of those guys credit for it when we gave them one star. But I give E-Rob credit for, for getting those guys in the right place, keeping yep. their heads about themselves, getting communicated. Like, man, what a top to bottom great game. Fourth most tackles in Steelers history. In his eighth season, he broke his career high by four tackles. That's crazy. That's that's a that is a that is a three star game right there. That is like the standard for the like that is as that is it, man. That is anything you could want from a guy in a game. So so, so if it's get him the ball on offense, what do we get? What do we get in Landon Roberts? An ice pack. Nice, yeah, he has a, a lot of ice packs, yeah, you know, a, a, a cold one, a beer. There we go. That's that's oh, a, yeah, there you go, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, 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 he, that's he, the uh, ultimate three star. My he last three, awesome game. He had an awesome game. My last three stars, a guy I was actually, I continue to be really impressed with, James Daniels. Of all the offensive linemen, he was the most involved with the run game, who never gave up a single pressure, and. He continues to look like a good free agent signing by this by the, by the Steelers front office when they brought him in. I think that James Daniels, he may be the Steelers' best offensive lineman right now, and I kind of get putting Broderick Jones on his side because running behind them is a serious weapon. After you give Jalen Warren the ball, that's where he's yes. going. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, go behind those go two right guys. there. Yeah, go, go, go. Here we go. Yeah, the, they, the right side of the line has been really good in the run blocking, and unlike Broderick. James has not had the negatives in the past, bro. I and that's a tough matchup. I, I thought that he did a really good job. Um, you know, some of those things that Mike Tomlin was talking about earlier in the year about where the pile was falling. I thought he was really crucial in that effort where there were not that many negative runs in this game. The, when it did happen, it stood out. But even when they didn't break things. I thought they did a really good job of just moving the pile forward and getting to second and eight, you know, instead of being in second and 12. 
And that's probably why Kenny Pickett never had a turnover because they didn't, even though they didn't do much on offense, they didn't absorb a lot of negativity either. They didn't have a holding penalty in a game where I thought the officiating was kind of slanted towards the home team. Like that does happen from time to time. I thought the Steelers didn't get very many breaks easy Uh, to to, to whip a holding penalty out there. uh, And it didn't happen. So yeah, I think, I think JD was pretty solid in this one. Uh, I agree with you on that. Like if I could give, I don't, I always avoid stars and skull grades for coaches and, uh, and referees. But if I was to give one to referees, they'd get, they get bus tickets because there were some like egregiously bad. It was just pretty clearly a little one-sided to me. The, 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 there were, there there were some that were egregiously bad in my opinion. I still ain't seen one angle that shows a touchdown on the one on the only touchdown the Browns scored scored in that game. There was a play where George Pickens clearly like gets the sideline. They have the pylon on the sideline now. He gets the ball over and knocks it over with his wrist with the ball in front of it, and they still marked him back two yards. And I was like, "What? What yeah, is? What are you doing?" That that, uh, that they should have got a false start and they didn't when the uh, Browns player jumped. They final get- final play final oh. drive of the game. 10 yards on a field goal drive. Bogus, uh, yeah, 10 yard swing on the. Yeah, I mean, I'd listen. I don't think any of the calls individually were like, oh my God, you just can't ever do that. But I right. thought added up, it became significant. I, I'm right with you there. He's Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Get him, get, get all the stuff there. Alan, thanks so much for joining us here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. We're like 10 minutes over. So at A Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter, at PGH Steelers Now, SteelersNow.com. Use your promo code Allen10 to get 10% off Steelers Now Plus. And Steelers Afternoon Drive with me and Zachary Smith on YouTube, anywhere you find your podcasts. Check it out. Absolutely. We are way over. So I'll just say Chris Carter at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Find me here on the Lockdown Steelers Podcast Monday through Friday. We're back tomorrow with Josh Taylor. It's going to be a fun episode. We'll break more things down. Thanks for checking out the Lockdown Steelers Podcast. 